Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. The the Baz Luhrmann Romeo and Juliet actually made me angry. I hated that movie. I walked out of it. I walked out of it in the theater. I. I was not prepared for the editing seizure that film is. I mean, mm-hmm. it's cut like a music video. And that's not how I process Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. And I eventually went back and watched it again with just sitting down by myself and watching it where, you, where I could pause it and get up and walk away from it. And it didn't bother me as mm-hmm. much when I actually sat down. But I in the theater... Uh, my girlfriend at the time and I, we, we left. We got oh, about yeah. 10 minutes in and I'm like, uh, I cannot take this. This is... And, you know... Well, my problem was more from a structure's point of view because, like, at the end of that movie, Juliet shoots herself. Uh-huh. And that is... Like, okay, I get that they modernized it, that they had to, like, bring it to a, a modern place, but... Shakespeare wrote that she stabs herself because that's a deliberate action. It it hurts mm-hmm. to stab yourself. You have to really want to do it uh, to pull a, you know to pull a trigger next to your temple is like that. Right. But to send a, a knife up through in between your ribs into your heart is not a pleasant experience. Well, no. I mean, Shakespeare could have written that there was enough poison left in the vial for for Juliet, but her character needed that deliberateness because she was the one, like Romeo was the one who was impulsive and brash and, you know, running off doing crazy stuff. Juliet was the one going, wait a minute, mm-hmm. let's think about this, let's talk about this, let's figure this out. So she had to have a very deliberate death. Mm-hmm. And the Baz Luhrmann version didn't have that. She shoots herself in the head. It was weird because it was the first Baz Luhrmann film that I didn't like. Mm-hmm. I love Strictly Ballroom. I'm a big fan of Moulin Rouge. Mostly because well, of I the, hate Moulin Rouge. I just, I just love the way it looks. I mean, it's a gorgeous movie. I like Moulin Rouge up until the last tw- ten minutes. Oh, well, yeah. Because it's so clear. Except that it's... It's like tonight's episode of The Walking Dead. Oh, right. Hey. Hi, folks. I'm Tim. I'm Dustin. And this is Apocalypse Now. And we are actually going to talk about The Walking Dead, even though we've been talking about Shakespeare and, and Baz Luhrmann films, uh, which is not necessarily contradictory because <sighs> Strictly Ballroom, mm-hmm. beautiful movie. Uh-huh. A lot of fun. Very sweet. Um, Romeo and Juliet, very stylistic, very interesting. I think it's a failed adaptation, personally. Mm-hmm. I think it's a terrible Shakespeare. Uh, John Leguizamo is awesome in that movie. Mm. Uh, Strictly Ballroom, I'm sorry, uh, 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 Moulin Rouge is gorgeous. It's a really mm-hmm. neat concept with the with the modern music and the period piece. Oh, yeah. Very stylish, very beautiful film, very cool. The last ten minutes are so, it's like, we knew this was a tragedy, but now we're going to beat us, or beat the audience over the head with... You must be sad. Right. Right. Tonight's episode of The Walking Dead. Now, first of all, I thought I had gotten 
somewhere I'd seen that we were going to be announcing that we we're going to get in our crossover episode. Yeah, you got it. Your wires crossed between Fear the Walking Dead and The Walking Dead. What it actually is is on the Talking Dead. They're about to announce who it is. Right, who this crossover character is. And uh, oh, do you want to take bets really quick? Who's it going to be? Morgan. Well, and like you said, it should. I think you said this last week and the week before. It should be Abraham. If it's anybody, because Abraham talks about starting off in Houston, and um, in in Fear the Walking Dead, they said we're going to Houston now. Yeah, I mean, now if if you could do that, it would make sense. Yeah, but I'm, I, I, I there are times I despair of the Walking Dead making sense. Mm-hmm. Tonight, there are a lot of interesting things that happened on tonight's episode. This is a. <laughs> Mixed bag episode. And, you know, I've talked about this on this show before. Like, I love to get up on Monday morning and go and read the reviews Mm -hmm. from other reviewers. Because it feels like... I feel like we're in a mirror universe where we watched (laughs) a different episode. Right. Like, last week, Filler McFillerson episode. Yeah. They were like, it's the best episode of The Walking Dead in years, and, you know, now we finally get Negan, now we understand Negan, and blah, blah, blah. No, well, kind of right. is the answer to that question. Uh, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, you know, so I just can't wait. Like, I, I whatever we say, I can't, because I think it was, I think there was some really good stuff, and mm-hmm. then there was some really bad stuff that happened right. tonight. And I think that it was very much a an episode that was, I don't know, about 50-50. Yeah. And, okay, so let's just get this, let's get the nitpicky stuff that always drives me nuts out of the way. Just because it doesn't, it doesn't matter to the rest of the story. But the episode basically starts off with this. And we actually get a time frame given for the last several episodes uh-huh. later in the episode. Well, and so, I said this yesterday, yeah. last week. But it's a day and a half. Yeah. Okay. Now, nitpicky... That nitpicky thing that just drives me crazy. It's driven me crazy since Sophia was out in the woods, Mm -hmm. right? And that is, uh, The Walking Dead does not understand geography or time. All right. The average human being, at a fast pace, walks about four miles an hour. Mm -hmm. That's a fast pace. That's what I do at the gym. Everything in The Walking Dead universe cannot be as close as everything in the Walking Dead yeah. universe is. It's not possible. It's impossible. It cannot be a thing that is happening. Well, they've been driving cars a lot more. Except Rick is walking himself all over the place today. Yeah. And he walks from almost the outpost that uh, Carol was at to where the truck goes off the road, or from where the truck goes off the road, mm-hmm. out to the trash people's compound. Right. No. <laughs> this is just ridiculous. And a day and a half, I mean, the whole thing is just, it's just dumb. Because people are driving, and they're driving for what is clearly more than, you know, four miles or whatever it is. It's just, the reality is, is that the writers just basically sit there and go in, we're not going to worry about time and distance. We're just not yeah. going to worry about it, because otherwise it doesn't make any sense. Well, remember back in the good old days, back when we were writing this, mm-hmm. and, uh, and we would pull up. Google Maps and look at Atlanta and be like, what is happening? Where is this farm? Where is this prison? Yeah. Like Well, and it's the same but it's the same thing. We have a compound, we have Alex we have uh, Alexandria, mm-hmm. we have the kingdom, mm-hmm. we have the hilltop, we have uh, the sanctuary, we have the trash people's compound. 
where are these things physically located? And tonight, not only that, not only that, we have the satellite station. Right. We have now this warehouse with the it's fat lady in it. It was a school. Um, it looked yeah. like, look like a and school. And what was the other thing? The the other compound they raided last week that was like the the building the 17 story tall building right so like where are these places what is happening and we're talking like, like large buildings that are actually in the middle of nowhere yeah just like sitting in the middle of of a field there's this giant building like now i realize there's large portions there because they're, they're still in virginia right yes so th- there are large portions of virginia which are in fact trees and forests and yeah. things like that. But generally speaking, how people actually put together, where they decide to put buildings, usually involves them being close to something. Right. The prison out in the middle of nowhere has a certain amount of logic to it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but these giant warehouses, things, the warehouse district in Kansas City is right over there. Yeah. And it's a district. It's where they, that's where they keep the warehouses. Mm-hmm. So they don't wander off and <laughs> get lost in the woods and be, keep... Where, you know, yeah. have zombies infest them or something, but it's just, it's that nitpicky thing that is so hard to let go of when The Walking Dead basically hits you in the face with it. Right. And it's like, a day and a half. There's no way this stuff actually happened in a day and a half. That is physically impossible right. for this all have happened, all this stuff happened in a day and a half. Okay. Well, yeah, well, I don't know. I, I said last week that I thought that that's what it was before they even said anything. Yeah, but, I mean, if you th- if you start putting all these things together and tr- put in travel time and prep time and all these things, it's just like, no, it doesn't, there's not enough hours in the day. And yet, and then they do, and this is the, this is the thing that really got to me in terms of this episode, the bad things, is that it can, it beat over the head of the audience, the, f- the same thing we've been talking about for every episode since this season started, is people are acting as if they've gone into this entire situation without any forethought whatsoever. Yeah, nobody talked to anybody. And this, this episode was like, everybody's like, we've got our own plan now. Oh, God, it's yeah. It's like, why? Why have we have, you know, why do we have to have our own plan? Why do we stick to our sh- well, because then we couldn't have the dramatic, stupid thing that's going to happen. This is my prediction for next week. Ah. My prediction for next week is that uh, Daryl is going to do a dumb thing, which is going to make the situation worse. Because this whole episode, and last episode and this episode, has all been about people doing dumb things to make things worse. Yeah. And, you know, our heroes, in a day and a half, in a day and a half, according to the show, have all sat there and went, eh, plan, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, uh So, so where should we start? Um, well, we could start with Rick because his stuff is, he kicks off the episode yeah, and he's got the shortest arc. tiny, yeah. Rick shows up with uh, the trash, trash people's trash heap. Before that happens, before that happens. He goes through. We have these monologues, which we have the right. Ken Burns section of the show, which was actually right. kind of fun. Except in in a hundred years, when 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 whoever is Ken Burns is doing the walking the the history of the zombie war, they will have these letters right from this weird time about this war that was fought. Now what? happens in these scenes is that these letters are taken to the various locations and Rick actually picks up a letter from a looks like a drop which is essentially an old microwave sitting yeah. in a basket 
But here's where, again, we come back to the that's not how time and space work. Mm -hmm. Because for that letter to have gotten into that box, the person who he got it from, I can't remember which one he was getting the letter from. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But somebody would have have taken that letter (laughs) from wherever to put it in there, then he goes to get it. So, yeah, no. If someone were to graph out the timeline of this season so far... They throw their hands up in the air and say, I'm going to go watch Doctor Who because it's only going to make sense if I could have a time machine. But So they're giving this fairly neat dialogue bit where they're talking about what they've lost yeah. and how things have gone wrong, but what they've accomplished. And it's a kind of effective sequence. And it kind of reminded me of World War Z, the book, mm-hmm. where it's sort of like the oral history of, you know. Yeah. And yeah, it does have very much had that Ken Burns video. The visuals have a Ken Burns feeling to them. But it was kind I of an... I love it, Mar- Melissa McBride's Mar- jacket. Melissa McBride, we, we've got uh, the Talking Dead going on in the background as we're recording this. And Melissa McBride is just... She's just amazing. Yeah. She really is. Kevin Smith, who uh, needs to actually start wearing clothes that fit him now that he's lost a lot of weight. Uh, he made a comment earlier in the show about... Melissa McBride about the show the reason to watch the show is Carol yeah and we have been maintaining that for years <laughs> two now years, three years and um, if you're not if you're watching The Walking Dead and you're not in love with Carol you're doing it wrong yeah so anyway so he goes to the trash people and we get a scene of the trash people where we see the leader of the trash people wearing is wearing an apron and nothing else and there's uh-huh. a guy who walks by in an apron and nothing else and this scene serves no purpose whatsoever except to show off her back. Yeah. It's a fine back. Nothing wrong with her back. But it is a completely unnecessary scene. It's not even it's not even like gratuitous nudity. Yeah. It's just a just gratuitous to, shot. Maybe maybe just to show how like completely at at ease and at home they are. Like they're not on high alert or anything. It could be, they're yeah. just like she's building a sculpture. She's building yeah. one of their sculpture things. And there's a knock on the door. And it's Rick. And I kept waiting for her to look at him and go, I put on pants for you. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't. Like, like with the dumbest, like, why? Why? Uh. Why is he going to, to talk to these people? Why is he not just raining fire down on these freaking morons? So, to cast your mind back at the end of this last season, the trash people agreed to work with Rick and company to fight the saviors. And they betrayed them because the saviors offered them a better deal. Right. Because the trash people are not, I don't know, they're just terrible. Mm-hmm. And so Rick goes to her and says, hey, you know, make a new deal. We're going to destroy them. Here are the photos I've been taking. And that's what the photos are for. So he uses, you know, visual aids to get people to see what they've done. Come on our side or, or, or else. Yeah. And she says no. And he goes, all right. And they put him in a... Basically a metal box. Yeah, naked. Naked. And and that's it. That's, that's it. That's, that's Rick's right. entire story. It looks really dumb at this point. Yeah. I, I'm sure there's a reason for it, but it's a really dumb plan at this point because they could really just kill him. Yeah. And there's nothing... I mean, yeah, the, his people know where they are, but doesn't he have a son at home? Yeah. Doesn't he have a girlfriend at sure. home? Shouldn't he be like, you know, I don't know... Avoiding situations where he's just going to get straight up murdered. Well, you know, for how much longer he's going to have a girlfriend remains to be seen because... Uh... So Michonne essentially establishes our sense of time. She's the one who sits there and says, yeah. 
you know, it's been a day and a half since we've attacked the comp, the sanctuary, and I should have been there, and this is, you know, it was part of the planning, and was, uh, this is the first acknowledgement there's actually been planning, because yeah. everyone else is like, plan? Pfft, what plan? Who needs a plan? I thought it was just an outline. Right. <laughs> and, We're going to win, kill them all. Uh, you know, kill them all, let God sort them out? Is yeah. that basically what it is? And she says, I need to go look at, the, I need to go look at the sanctuary. I need to go, for, for, for reasons. She's felt sidelined because she was beat up pretty badly. Right. Uh, for, for no logical reason at the end of this last season. Well, they had to have a reason for her to be sidelined so that she'd go off and shoot Black Panther. Yeah. This doesn't actually make a whole lot of sense for her character. Because what is she going to do when she gets there? Just look at it. She says, that's what she tells Rosita. I'm going to look at it. Make sure it's exactly how I feel like it needs to be, and then I'm going to go home. Rosita and Michonne go on their little trip, and on their way, they're driving, and they hear opera. And they're like, what's going on with opera, you guys? It is generally something you don't hear a lot on this show. Or in the middle of what is essentially Virginia Woods. So they pull off, and they find this compound. It's a place. It's a warehouse-ish, school-ish office building kind of looking thing. Again, in the middle of goddamn nowhere. Right. And they sneak in and they find these two scrubs and they were out scavenging, which doesn't make any sense to me. Like, the saviors still have people that go out to, like, look look for Costco's that haven't been completely pillaged. So when they came back, these two scavengers discovered that the co- the Savior's compound was overrun. And so they went back to this place that was a little hidden cache of weapons and stuff mm-hmm. to prepare what was called the Fat Lady. And the Fat Lady is a truck covered in speakers right. that they can blast music at and pull walker, a herd of walkers away, which I must admit is an ingenious it idea. Is, it is not a bad idea at all. So... Michonne and Rosita forget that they are highly trained warrior women (laughs) and decide to bumble around this warehouse like two sorority girls. Now, these are... Rosita has had her moments of, of losing her sense of priorities and... She's let her anger and, and and rage overpower her common sense a couple of times. Yes. Michonne, on the other hand, is not inclined to do this sort of thing. Right. So if both of them are as injured as they apparently are, given what how yeah. they act... Rosita was apparently shot somewhere in the upper chest, and Michonne was beaten inexplicably by some random woman who lives in a garbage dump. For all of this to have happened, and these two be this injured, neither one of them should have gone into this building at all. Right. If you are that hurt, stay in the damn car. Right. In fact, stay in the damn compound. Go back to Alexandria. It's Mm -hmm. safe there. Yeah. But no, you're right. So they basically get up and trip over themselves and alert the saviors in there. There's only two. There's a... There's a dude and a lady with a just a fantastic sew-in. Like, <laughs> like I was looking at this... Like, I've gotten a minor education in black hair mm-hmm. over the last couple of years. I'm still terrible at it. But, um, but like, her 
her like curls were still intact and mm-hmm. like well clearly they found uh, you know there's a stylist in, in the yeah. Savior's compound who has access to well of course if you find one beauty salon at this point odds are pretty good you're going to make that last a while because right, there's true. a limited number of people and again the walking dead distinct shortage of black people right Things happen. They go, oh gosh, and noises, and we have to fight. Yeah. And and so, Michonne fights the lady, and Rosita is like playing cat and mouse with the man until she finds it. <laughs> <sighs> so she's reaching around the boxes, and she she reaches into one box, and there's nothing. And I'm like, oh thank God, at least she didn't reach into the box and pull out like you know instantly pull out a thing she yeah. could use. Well, first box is nothing. Second right. box is a glue gun. <laughs> and she looks at it with like, <sighs> and she uses that as a distraction. She throws it across the room, and then the. Th- third box we don't see what it is until she like rounds a corner on this dude and it is a bazooka and he's like little lady you're gonna shoot me with that and she shoots him with it and he blows up but but it causes enough of a ruckus that the woman gets into the fat lady and starts driving away and as she is driving away she is t-boned by a garbage truck driven by Tara and Daryl, who earlier in the episode decided that they had had enough with this plan situation and that they were going to go to the compound and they were going to kill Dwight even though he was useful. Damn it. They're going to kill everybody on the compound. They just you know, end this all now once and for all. Kill them all. Yeah. All right. So I have to come back to my nitpicky thing here. Okay. All right. I'm so lie down for a second. <laughs> I had a really long weekend, all right. Tim. So... Savior is in the truck, in the uh-huh. fat lady truck, and she's driving away. Right. And she's getting away, and they're all sitting there, oh no, she's getting away. And she gets T-boned by this uh, garbage truck. Daryl, one of these T-bones, this do, do a mock daryl Yeah. Uh, Shows up, just, just so happens to show up. Yeah. So he hops out of the truck, goes around and shoots this person. Yeah. Okay. Now, I don't know if you've ever driven a garbage truck before. I have not. But I drive for a living during the day. And let me tell you, I'm very familiar with the acceleration speeds of things that are about the size of a garbage truck. Yes. They do not accelerate fast. No. So for him to be going as fast as he was going, he had to start pretty far away. Mm -hmm. Build up some of that speed there to do it. Which means he was doing that without knowing who is in the truck. Right. So for all we know, it could have been, I don't know, Michonne in the truck. Mm -hmm. Or Rosita in the truck. Or somebody else. Or a totally innocent person who he doesn't know. You know. To, okay, to play devil's advocate for Daryl Ex Machina. Sure. They are pretty close to the Savior's compound. Apparently. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. They are headed there. Mm-hmm. They hear the opera music. Mm-hmm. They come around the corner and see the truck full of speakers leaving the building, heading in the direction of the sanctuary. Right. The... Easy assumption mm-hmm. is that this is a planned herd deterrent, and we need to get taken out. But the you know that is the easy is assumption. But again, considering how far away he was, it would have been terribly ironic if it had been Michonne who couldn't find the switch to turn off the speakers was broken. Because that would just be sad. But that's not what happened. Basically, he shows up, and they're like, "Hi." Hi, what are you doing? Well, I was going to go to the sanctuary. and so What were you doing? Well, so were we. So why don't you come with us? Yeah. And they go, they look at the sanctuary, and it's a sanctuary. Yeah, Kevin Walker's is fine. And Daryl's like, I got an idea. And they're like, oh yeah? He's like, yeah, let's just, let's just end all this. I'm like, okay. And 
Next week, what's going to happen is that they are going to use the explosives they have, or they're going to ram the they're going to ram the truck into the wall or whatever it is. They're going to find a way to breach the sanctuary walls. And what's going to happen instead of making it possible for them to get in there and kill everyone, they are going to somehow make it possible for the saviors inside to get out mm-hmm. and around the walkers. So instead of the saviors being stuck inside the compound and basically forced into either you know die or negotiate, it's going to be they get released. And this is going to cause... Stupid conflicts that are unnecessary between Rick and Daryl and Rick and Michonne mm-hmm. and all these things. And it's if this if if something else happens, I'll be very, very happy. But mm-hmm. I'm almost gonna guarantee you that's what's gonna happen. Yeah. And I'm really annoyed by that. Right, me too. I think this whole situation has not been handled correctly in my mind. This whole the whole war, the way that they are working with whether we're going about it, our guys have not made a proper choice. They've not made proper choices. Our our guys aren't thinking. And that's just the worst of it, is that nobody is actually functioning mentally yeah. in anything resembling logical... Right. You know, there's, there's no logical thought happening here. Everyone's reacting emotionally, and I get that. You know, Certainly there's a reason. All these characters have reasons to hate the saviors. But it's if you're talking about a war... These people who these are people who know better. These are people who've been through situations like this. They fought the governor. Yeah. Did they forget? Apparently they did. Yes. So that's what's going on there. Now we have two other stories going on. One is three. Rick, Michonne, Michonne and uh, Rosita, Tara and Daryl. Right. Okay. Uh, Carl and oh, the thank new you, guy. That's right. um, the hilltop and the kingdom. Yeah. So, over at the hilltop... Let's do Carl first. Let's do Carl first. Okay. So, Carl has been tracking... Trying to track down the guy he randomly ran into at the uh, at the gas station mm-hmm. at one time. Right. Uh, and he finds him. And he is out in the middle of the woods killing off walkers. He's been setting up traps for the walkers. Giving them, yeah. like, a paper bag in, in a tree, which, of course, makes the movement and the sound. Mm-hmm. And the walker leans in and gets impaled. Right. Pretty nice yeah. little trap. And so Carl finds him, and he asks him three questions: and what, you know, how many walkers have you killed? How many people have you killed, and why? And he says, "How many walkers have you killed?" And he goes, 250 ish, somewhere around there." Yeah. And uh, and then he's only killed one person, and it was because he was infected. And then so later. Carl's like, all right, well, come back. I want to bring you back to my compound. He's like, well, why your dad said... You know, I was like, well, if I did everything my dad... If I did everything <laughs> my dad said, said, my mother would still be alive. <laughs> so, um... So, basically, it was like, well, you know, sometimes people have... Kids have to do things that are right to show their parents that it's right. What's interesting about this scene is that Carl is actually expressing... Um, the, the continued existence that he may actually have a soul. Huh, and yeah. there there have been times we've wondered if Carl is just like turned into this little murder machine. Yeah. And here he is, you know, he's concerned about a total stranger. He's concerned about yeah. someone who's alone. And it's actually a really effective scene. And when you consider how between every season the actor 
grows like you know a foot taller mm. uh, it's kind of hard to lose it's easy to remember that Carl very very short period of time ago was just awful mm-hmm. you know stay in the stay in the house Carl god know. damn it Carl stop <laughs> <laughs> but the idea that that he is going to have to be somebody who is growing up in this world you know, he could very easily become a Negan-like character. And he, there were there were times around the governor fight that it was like Carl's little sociopath right. shooting people. and So having a scene like this where he's basically going, no, wait, you know, we have to help people. Mm-hmm. We have to help strangers. This is actually a really good sign. Yes. Probably means that Carl's going to die soon, so whatever. Well, that kid's been wanting to go to college for like two years. He's he's still going, he is going to college. He's split time between the show. But so yeah, so uh, on their way back mm-hmm. to to Alexandria, they run into some walkers and they fight them off. And and the reason this guy has been killing so many walkers, a uh, Salik, I think his name is. Yeah, maybe. And but he's a Middle Eastern uh, character, Middle Eastern actor. He is killing them because his mother said that if we kill them, maybe we can set their souls free. Yeah. All right, cool. There we go. I think it, there's a, there's actually a reason for this. There's a reason he's doing it consistently. There's a reason why he feels compelled to yeah. do it. Period, is that he feels like maybe he's freeing their souls, which is kind of cool. Right. Well, and I've said this before. Like, if they were out just like killing walkers, if there was a, some sort of like, mm-hmm. let's go out and we each have to kill ten walkers today, like they would clear out. A lot of of space, of viable space, relatively quickly. Oh yeah, yeah, but they don't do that because that would involve planning, and clearly nobody can yeah. stick to the plan. So they get into a little over their head with the walkers because Carl's like, "Hey, let's go free some souls," and the guy's like, "Well, okay," and it doesn't go necessarily well, and they manage to make it work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody lives, mm-hmm. and they head back to Alexandria. Right. So that's the, that's Carl's arc. Now we have. Uh, let's go with the kingdom. Okay. Because Ezekiel is having a rough time. Yeah. And again, because we're only given a day and a half for all this stuff to happen, people are... No one is giving... People are acting as if... And they're being written as if more time has passed mm-hmm. than a day and a half. The way Ezekiel is acting is not... This happened yesterday. Right. This is this happened a week ago or two weeks ago, and no one has given him Carol and Jerry. Nobody, the the people there are. No one is giving him a chance to deal with what happened. And yes, there is a war on, but the saviors aren't going anywhere, which means well, they're not supposed to be going anywhere until Daryl and company shows up. But. This means that you can probably give Ezekiel a minute, yeah. but nobody wants to give him a minute, especially not Carol. So Carol goes to sit there and goes to get him and have him come out. We have to go fight. Well, she needs. It. She says you need to lead your people through the grief. You need to well, help initi- them deal with it. Initially, she sits there and says we have you know, we have to go meet Rick, and you know Jerry says he told me I don't have to do this anymore, but this is. This is what I do. Yeah. And Carol sets off on her own. She's got to go meet with Rick and fight. Yeah. And little Timmy, or oh that's not God. his name. Doesn't but matter what his name is. Yeah. Decides he's going to follow little her. Little brother fought her. Yeah. And she's like, don't follow me. And he's like, follows her immediately. She goes off in the woods. And he's there. And he's getting attacked by zombies. And he's 
tapping him with his stick. He's not even, he's not even fighting them with his stick. He's just yeah. whacking at him. And she shoots the zombies. And she goes, did I not say to you? And he essentially, yeah, he, said, he looks up at her and he says, but Carol, I am a child. I have to blindly follow you. It's part of, it's like, it's, you've got a weird pheromone thing happening. Like. She's the Pied Piper of doomed children. Seriously, this is her fourth. Sophia. Yeah. No, fifth. Sophia. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, um, Sophia 2 and Puppy. Mm Mm-hmm. And then that creepy Alexandria kid. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's four, right? Mm -hmm, Right. So then now, Morgan got the older brother. Like, Morgan right, had yeah. the older brother was devoted to him. Now, here's this... F- well, there's, there's, a, there's an age where Once they're the teenage years, yeah. they somehow lose the, you know, the Carol mystique. Yeah. But no, yeah, it's, it is, you know, she is... Well, she's the mother bear. I mean, she, yeah. is, she will... It is so clear that she will protect the cubs, mm-hmm. even if the cubs are little psycho monsters. Mm-hmm. And they're all just doomed waifs come <laughs> to be saved by the Carol. Right. And she looks at him and goes, get away from me, doomed waves. God, here we go again. <laughs> Another one. Another child with a death wish. And she's like, here's a gun. And I'm like, what are you doing? What? Why are you handing the child the gun? Yeah. And she's like, leave the safety until I tell you. <laughs> well, this, this is the gun she shot the walkers with. She hands it to him and says, leave the safety on until I tell you to take it off. I'm like, did she even put the safety back on? Like, she just shot two people with that. Uh, so anyway. So she goes, she she sits there and goes, we're going back. And she right. goes right back to the kingdom. And she's like, here's the kid, Jerry, here's the kid. Yeah. And she's like, pulls out her gun and he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. door's unlocked. And she's like. You know, I this you know, I love when the show has those little moments, those yeah. little levity moments where it's like, you know, cuz she was ready to just like burst in there and so then she goes and talks to Ezekiel and has that conversation. And I thought it was more of a you know, you said fake it till you make it. Well, you need to fake it. If you can't do this, you need to fake it because the people that you have built this community around need you. Mm-hmm. You know, it, but and, and and I thought it was a, as a scene. It actually was really well done. There was very little. The only over the top stuff was stuff he was deliberately doing over the top to mock himself. Yeah, and to mock the the character he'd been playing. Yeah, um, you know when he says, "And still I, you know, and, and still I, or yet I smiled." He's saying it bitterly. Mm-hmm. He's not. He's not doing this. And that was the thing. And if you were, I think I talked about it on the. I hated when he would say that. I just mm-hmm. realized. I was like, oh come on, like don't you know? Because it's foreshadowing. It's like it was like the beacon. Yeah. You know, like when we saw that teenage boy and he walked up to Morgan and said, "Gee, Mister, I really like your stick." Like you're obviously gonna die. Yeah. You know. But and, at the same time, he he play that he plays against that here. It's a really good scene where he, you know. He's he's lost all these people because he made decisions that got them killed. And mm. it's not his fault. He didn't know there was going to be an yeah. ambush. He no. didn't know that there were going to be, you know... The, the, the guns that they thought were going to be in another place were actually going to be there. And, and, you know, but at the same time, these people are still dead. Mm-hmm. He's having a hard time with that. And, again, this is a really... I thought it was a really well done scene. And Carol 
Carol's not giving him a big, you have to do this speech. She's saying the things that need to be said, but she's not saying them in some grandiose way. Mm -hmm. She's very matter-of-fact about it, and I think it's very well done. Except for the fact that this is a speech you give someone who didn't just have this happen to them yesterday. Right. I mean... Yeah, this is after like two weeks of them writing. Yeah, I mean, because you got, it's okay to give someone a chance to process this yeah. sort of thing. Carol knows damn well you cannot just sit there and go, I've lost all these things, I have to react to help other people right now. Yeah. She knows better. And yet everyone's acting like, you know, he's just, he's got to pull it together right now. And it's like, give the man a minute. Yeah. Let him take a nap. <laughs> oh, God, people, this happened yesterday. All my soldiers and my pet. And nobody, you know, so it, it's just, it just feels, the super compressed time doesn't actually work for that. And unfortunately, and it's a good speech, and and, and I, he's left, he basically ends it with, I can't. Yeah. And that's where we leave it with them. She, well, she kind of says okay. Like, she... Well, she yeah. says you have to. Yeah. But then, then we go to the to the hilltop, where, again, things are happening. Right. In, you know, things happen. This stuff happened yesterday, but apparently... Or still today. Who knows? Yeah. Because Aaron shows up with baby Grace. Right. And, uh... <laughs> but then five minutes later in the episode, Aaron is talking about the death of his boyfriend... As if it, I mean, this is the kind of speech you have months later. Mm -hmm. I see them out of the corner of my eye. I think, I, think, I imagine they're, you know, I wonder where they are at dinner time. And, right. You know. It's like, this happened yesterday. Yeah. I mean, you should be in a corner crying. Sorry. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's okay. It, you can go do that. Right. You've lost the man you love. You should be, you know. But talking about him is just in this sort of, you know, uh I remember when kind of thing. Like, Dude, he <laughs> um, died yesterday. Or this, or this morning. Or this morning. Depending on God, how you it feel doesn't about make the any sense. So, and then of course we have our our saviors who have been who have been taken hot, uh, prisoner. And they're all tied up outside the gates, which I thought they were being put in some some there trailers. Was, there was talk about a couple trailer trailers around back, but apparently, um, trailer is a other another word for. Uh, tied out outside the gate. Sure. Which is a, a I did not know that. I, just, I learned it. something new. The argument that will not die. The argument I just want to smack everybody who who's using this argument is we should just kill them now, or what do we want to be when this is all over? Yeah. Again. And Jesus is on the side of we need to be ethical to our prisoners of war, and Gregory is on the side of let's kill kill them all and not worry about it. And Maggie is like, I have to think about this because, you know, i got to protect these people. But at the same time, again, conversations we should already have had before any of this started. Mm -hmm. You know, there are a lot of people involved. There are a lot of people in the Savior's compounds. Mm -hmm. You have to decide what you're going to do with them. How much of a mass murderer do you want to be today, Rick? How much of a mass murderer, murderer do you want to be today, Daryl? Yeah. How much of a, you know, it's this whole... Oh, crazy! It's driving me nuts. Yeah. So anyway, um, so Gregory's in there with with, with Mac, and he's like, "Well, you know, Margaret, <laughs> when a man, or okay, sure, a woman, sure, why sits not? in that chair, 
and has to make those decisions. You know, it's tough, and you have to decide what to do. And she's just looking at him as if he's just... Yeah, you got to know the difference between sheeps and wolves. <laughs> just like, keep talking, buddy. Meanwhile... Meanwhile, Jesus is outside the gates with the prisoners and the one with the floppy hair that has been our kind of cute, like, oh, let's go along, you know, kind of right, guy. Yeah. is like, what do you think they're going to do with us? And meanwhile, the one with the long hair is like, I think we should all just try and get murdered. <laughs> you know? Because he's doing everything in his power to get a bullet in the head. I yeah. Mean, he's like, I don't think he understands. Like, he might be one of those people that just, like, Thinks he's like wandered into a really weird LARPing situation <laughs> because he has not in any way shown that he understands what the severity of his world is. I don't think he actually does understand. I think it's going to take him dying for the character to get it. <laughs> and we're not going to get that moment of realization, I think, which we really want when somebody acts as stupid. You want them to, before they die stupidly, you want them to sit there and go, oh, I've made a terrible, terrible, terrible error. Yeah. And we're not going to get that with him because right. he's such a moron. So anyway, But the there's... blonde floppy guy, blonde floppy guy hair, the, the guy with the blonde floppy hair is, I can't decide if he's just... Really cunning, or really this going to be the secondary you know character we're supposed to like like. Well, they've not done a good job so far with the saviors. I don't think. No, no. in giving us anybody who is um, redeemable, redeemable. So every time that a savior makes any kind of noises at, that are you know Human? sympathetic they end up being a lie so i don't have a lot of faith personally uh but you know well, he doesn't do himself any favors because he's he's trying he's kind of trying to do the you know hey i didn't sign up for this did you sign up for this uh jesus was it yeah. you know and jesus is like would you just shut up well me well because because gregory makes a big noise about we should just build up some gallows and get yeah. rid of these guys and then as darkness falls inside the walls, they hear a bunch of hammering going on. Mm -hmm. And the hammering goes into the night, and, and Jesus can't really see what they're building through the walls, and he doesn't, he doesn't want to go in and look. Right. Because, you know, that would be... You know, he's kind of de delaying the inevitable, and I guess, in his mind, because he doesn't want to go in and look and prove that he's put his faith in the wrong... Because he wants to believe that Maggie is going to be the kind of person who is going to maybe not necessarily believe in the the potential of the saviors and what they could be after this, but to not be the kind of person who wants to just murder a lot of people. Yeah. And I think that's, again, this is a conversation that really, it doesn't even have to be, we're going to trust the saviors, we're going to, you know give them the benefit of the doubt, it's going to be, we're not going to be mass murderers right. we can and avoid it. Yeah, that's the thing Jesus has been saying for the last five weeks. You know, hey, how about, you know, we, we, when our Ken Burns documentary is made, not have, you know, 40 to 50 <laughs> random deaths on our hands. Well, we don't want to be, we don't want their, you know, them to be saying... And they were monsters, too. Yeah. And there are, you know, it's war. You're already going to have monstrous things happen. There are plenty of situations where the good guys, and of course you're, 
uh, listening to a podcast, it's air, air quotes. quotes. Okay. The good guys did some terrible things. Yeah. You know, World War II was the good war, right? We were fighting the Nazis. We were mm-hmm. the good guys versus Nazis. And yet we dropped two atomic bombs on Interned Japan. American citizens in camps. Yeah. I mean, we were, there were so many things that were, were that we have reason to look back and be ashamed of. Yeah. That, that's, that's war. That's what happens. But if you can avoid it, you don't have to start off going, we're just going to kill everybody. Right. And that seems to be this weird thing. Our, our heroes who know better, who've had experiences that they know better, are all of a sudden just like, let's kill everybody. Anyway, beat. they're going to beat the dead horse into the ground, and we're going to beat it into the ground yeah. being upset about it. Well, and the funny thing is, is that we all already know where it's going to head because... Maggie and Rick have both had those like crazy eye acting moments where it's like, you know, we don't want to be the monsters. So anyway, right. they, after all this discussion, they're led the the savior prisoners are led into the compound, where we find out that Maggie has not built gallows; she has built a cage. Right inside the wall. Yes, and so, she says, "We're going to feed you, we're going to keep you safe, and we're not going to mistreat you." Until this is over. But if you step out of line... Yeah. We will kill you. And <laughs> a long-haired guy, like, the first thing he does on being led into the enclosure is like, I'm gonna go. And she locks <laughs> him and... She hits know. him twice in the head. Now, you know, he should have, like, a broken skull, by the way. Yeah. You know, the way she hit him. She he actually should be, like, lying on the ground bleeding out. But, you know, he is, she did not beat some sense into him. Because yeah. later in the episode... He will try, because his hands are tied behind his back, he will try, he's got a rock, he's going to try and cut the bonds, and blonde, floppy hair guy comes up and goes, knocks the rock out of his hand and goes, haven't you given us enough trouble so far? Yeah. And that's when the long-haired one is like, but they let us in. They're, you know, they've already lost. Like, we are we can take this place and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, oh, we forgot to mention that, that so they're leaving them in, and Gregory's like, this is a this is a terrible plan. You should not have people that you don't trust inside the walls. And she's like, on that note, Gregory. <laughs> Funny you should mention that. <laughs> and they start dragging him into the cage. And he's like, what? Wait, no. no. No, not me. And yeah. And then he gets uh, uh, he gets smacked around a little bit. And he ends up bleeding. Yeah. And they dump him in there. And he's crying. And it's just like, okay, you are such a weasel. Yeah, like, what do you think was going to happen? You, you tried to betray them. And then tried to convince them you didn't do the thing you did. Yeah. It's like, we've watched the previous episodes, Gregory. Yeah. I mean, it's right there on video. We heard the tape. We heard the tape. Hmm. What are we talking about? Are we talking about The Walking Dead? Anyway. Um, something about watching Gregory get knocked around and thrown into a cage is... Yeah, although when it comes like because later uh, Aaron and Enid and Maggie are sitting in the office like talking about what they're going to do and and Jesus comes in and Maggie says how's it going and Gregory says oh he's sucking up to the saviors already Yeah, and for a second I thought that they had like put on this big show and now Gregory was like a spy in the little thing, but yeah, no. but then I was like, no, they wouldn't trust Gregory with something like that. No, Gregory doesn't. Gregory doesn't have the depth. Yeah, um, and then Maggie says, "Okay, well, this is good for now. This will work for now, but just so you know, we're, I'm keeping them around as bargaining chips, and if they don't prove to be useful, 
I'm going to kill them. I'm going to kill all those guys. Those little guys down there. And... But here's the thing. Here's the, the flaw in her logic. Yes. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep these scissors. Mm-hmm. Um, until I don't need scissors anymore. Right. And once I don't need these scissors, I'm gonna throw them away. Yeah. So okay. the war. She so essentially what she's saying is I will keep these people as bargaining chips if we need them for the duration of the war. Right. And then at the end of the war, if, if we don't need bargaining chips anymore, I'm going to kill them all. But the war will then be over. So here's my prediction of what's going to happen with those guys. And that is the hilltop will come under attack, mm-hmm. and the saviors in the cage, they'll have to. It'll be like it'll be like using prisoners to fight a forest fire. Yeah. They will be let out to fight against the Walker infestation or other saviors coming to kill them or whatever whatever it'll yeah. be, and they will the good ones will prove themselves and Maggie will sit there and say, "Fine, yeah." And the bad ones, if if long haired idiot uh, savior hasn't gotten killed by then, well, he will die in that sort of situation. That'll be where he dies. But that's what's going to happen with these guys. They're going to somehow inside the cage. They're going to prove themselves. And so Maggie will not have them killed. That's what's going to happen. That's my prediction. Yeah. Everyone used to make the predictions on this show. Yeah. I, yeah. They the problem fun. is, is that I'm actually predicting things that I shouldn't be able to predict. Mm-hmm. That's what's that's kind of bugging me a little. Well, I think more accurately it will be it'll be something because they're the they these are the guys from the satellite station, right? So they'll need something from the satellite station and have to take one or two of them with. With them oh, to go okay. to the satellite there you station, go. which That's they true. should have left dudes at the satellite station. Well, but we've established that these people are like locusts, <laughs> and they never they never stay anywhere. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I mean, it's it well, wasn't a bad episode. Not a bad episode. Not a great episode. Um, I thought that the the honestly, I thought that the Carl and the new guy stuff was really really good. Mm-hmm. I, for all as a soul, you guys, for as tedious as this conversation is getting, mm-hmm. I thought the Maggie Jesus stuff was good, and I thought the Carol and the King Ezekiel stuff was good. Yes, yeah, and I think that you know, aside from the fact that it's all telescope time, yeah. it's all stuff that's happening way too quick for any of these characters to re- realistically be acting this way. The performances, the writing of the individual scenes and the performances of the scenes are really good. Mm-hmm. The cast is given good stuff to do, and Carol is, as always, just if, if, fantastic. If the Emmys recognized genre television, she should be she should be nominated oh, yeah. for an Emmy for some of the stuff that she does. Well, for the last three or four years, she should have been getting Emmy nominations. Yeah. She's really fantastic. Melissa, uh, Melissa McBride is just fantastic. So that's basically what happened this week. And did we really get? Was it Morgan? Was it really Morgan is supposed to be I our crossover Morgan's character? Be the Mar- crossover character? Whatever. Which means that he'll be on Fear the Walking Dead, which will work fine for me because. Yeah, I guess. You know, that'll just... be him and his wife and his dumb kid. Oh, that could be it. Anyway, doing it's something stupid. Uh, you know. Um... Then at the end of the episode, at the end, of the, he'll say, "I think I'm gonna head up to Atlanta." Yeah. Okay. Not that safe in Atlanta. Yeah. Well, I wasn't thrilled about there being a crossover between the two shows. No. Oh, hey, we had the we had the red hatchet. 
thing happened. Oh, right. So, so dumb teenage girl goes back to her house where she's tied the walker up to the, the fence. We finally figured out, we couldn't figure out last week why they, you know, why, why? dad had tied the walker to the, the, the front porch. And it's all, he's an alarm system. Yeah. He, as, he, as he comes up, as somebody comes up, he'll start pulling towards them and he'll ring the bell. Yeah. Now, it is an incredibly stupid alarm system because it immediately lets people know that there's somebody in that house. Right. And if they can kill the walker and wait for you in the house, or they can attack you, they could have like an overwhelming number of people, which is what happens here, mm -hmm. is these big guys come into the house and she hides behind a mare you can't actually hide. Well, she, I think behind. she hides behind a, a series of items. Like, there's yeah. a box. There's a box and a, and a mesh screen and a, and a, a window <laughs> pane. <laughs> or something. Anyway, yeah. she, she hides herself poorly and they take her, her stuff Including her red hatchet. And that's the end of that particular thing. And so. she goes, blah, blah. So. And it doesn't get any better, folks. The red hatchet story is not, yeah. is, is still dumb. So, anyway. That's kind of all there is to it this week. Yeah, it's not like we've been talking for almost a full hour. I now. know. Thank you for listening, folks. Obviously, um, you can find us here, wherever you're listening to us at, which is iTunes or podcast.com or Google Play or any of these other different places you can find us. Uh, we do want you to obviously check out our other shows. We have two video shows on Sci-Fi For Me TV. Triple Bites, which is the Star Trek show, mm -hmm. and Salacious Crumbs, which is coming back on December 10th, yeah. just in time for the new Star Wars film, uh, both of which are really fun shows that give a lot of... Uh, news and information about Star Trek and Star Wars. Mm -hmm. I hope you'll check those out as well. They are the two other continuing sci-fi for me programs. And please, tell your friends about us. If you enjoy us, if you find us remotely entertaining, share and enjoy. Let other people know we exist. And we Even if you don't find us entertaining, I'm sure that you have one friend who won't stop talking about The Walking Dead. Yeah, we could be the antidote to that. You, yeah. could, you, could, you could fix that problem just by having them listen like, to oh, us. Oh, just listen to this <laughs> thing and shut up. <laughs> We'd love to grow the audience, obviously, and uh, and do more uh, more things with it. So, thank you for listening, folks. Thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Tim. We'll see you next week, guys, on Zompocalypse Now. This has been a presentation of HorrorForMe.com. Copyright 2017 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Horror For Me Radio. <laughs>